Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, Mayor Pete Buttigieg makes it official. He's running for president in 2020. A town clerk in upstate New York is forced to apologize for discriminating against a same-sex couple. Gus Kinworthy got emotional as he accepted this year's Point Leadership Award. Ryan Murphy plans to turn the hit Broadway musical The Prom into a Netflix movie event. Plus, LGBTQ films and TV I'm watching this weekend. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. An enthusiastic crowd came together today in South Bend, Indiana, as Mayor Pete Buttigieg officially announced his candidacy for President of the United States. Standing before a crowd of thousands in his hometown, the mayor said, My name is Pete Buttigieg. They call me Mayor Pete. I'm a proud son of South Bend, Indiana, and I am running for President of the United States. In speaking those words, he becomes the first openly gay Democratic presidential candidate in the history of the country. Should he make it to the finish line, he will not only be the first openly LGBTQ president, but the youngest person ever elected to the office. Speaking to the crowd, he said, I recognize the audacity of doing this as a Midwestern millennial mayor, more than a little bold at age 37 to seek the highest office in the land. The South Bend mayor thanked his husband, my love Chaston, for giving him the strength and the grounding to be who he is as they go forward. The young mayor told the crowd and the world that the guiding principles for his campaign will be simple enough to fit on a bumper sticker, freedom, security, and democracy. Expanding on the topic of freedom, he shared, quote, take it from Chaston and me. You're not free if the county clerk gets to tell you who you ought to marry because of their idea of their political beliefs. He also noted that it was just one vote on the Supreme Court that gave him the freedom to marry his husband. Speaking to the crowd, he said, quote, Our marriage exists by the grace of a single vote on the U.S. Supreme Court. Nine women and men sat down in a room and took a vote, and they brought me the most important freedom in my life. Buttigieg, currently serving his second term as mayor of South Bend, is Harvard-educated, a Rhodes Scholar, an Afghanistan war veteran who also happens to speak seven languages. In other words, he's the polar opposite of the current occupant of the White House. In recent weeks, Buttigieg has surged from zero support in political surveys to third place in multiple polls. A Monmouth University poll published this week showed Buttigieg in third place in Iowa with 9% support behind former Vice President Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, who each garnered 27% and 16% respectively. In New Hampshire, a new poll put Biden at 23% support, Sanders at 16% support, and Buttigieg at 11% support. 
Those results put him ahead of more well-known names like Senators Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, and Amy Klobuchar. According to several reports today, the Buttigieg campaign has raised over $1 million in just the few hours since his announcement. You can find Mayor Pete's full speech, of course, on therandyreport.com. On July 30th last summer, Thomas Hurd and Dylan Tofton went to the office of their town clerk in Root, New York, to obtain a marriage license. But instead of a joyful, upbeat episode in their lives, the men were dismayed to be turned down by town clerk Sherry Erickson. She put the couple off saying they couldn't get a marriage license because they didn't make an appointment before coming to the office. Lie. She also told the men that she has personal objections to same-sex marriage. That was the truth. Now, that's despite the fact that New York State legalized marriage equality in 2011 and the U.S. Supreme Court made it the law of the land in 2015. Tofton took to social media at the time to share the incident, writing, quote, Town of Root Clerk is a bigot. Refused to do our marriage license. She said, make an appointment to have her deputy do it. Do your job, Andrew Cuomo. Governor Andrew Cuomo responded to the post by tweeting, Marriage equality is our law in New York State. The denial of a license to a same-sex couple is an unconscionable act of discrimination. On behalf of all New Yorkers, I'd like to congratulate Dylan and his future husband on their marriage. Several town meetings were held, an investigation was launched, and a lawsuit was threatened by the couple. In the end, an agreement was reached. The town of Root would pay the men $25,000, plus Erickson would personally deliver a public apology. And so it came to be this past week, on Wednesday afternoon, that Erickson, standing in front of news cameras and town leaders at the weekly town meeting, made her apology. In my capacity as town clerk, it is my responsibility to provide marriage licenses to all couples, regardless of sex or sexual orientation, so long as they meet all applicable New York State legal requirements. As such, my office and I personally will issue marriage licenses to any couple without exception who is legally entitled to be issued one. On July 30th of last year, there was an unfortunate incident involving Mr. Thomas Hurd and Mr. Dylan Tofton, who came, into, who came to my office seeking a marriage license. I am sorry for any harm or inconvenience my actions caused the couple. Thank you. Hurd and Tofton eventually received a marriage license from another town and were married on August 18th. The couple told local news station WRGB that they're proud they stood up for marriage equality. Tofton said, quote, If we had never stood our ground, how many more people would have had to go through this? Olympic medalist Gus Kenworthy was honored this past Monday at the Point Foundation's 2019 New York Gala. The Point Foundation empowers promising LGBTQ students to reach their full academic potential, despite the obstacles often put before them, to make a significant impact on society. Point is the largest scholarship-granting organization in the United States for LGBTQ students of merit. Introduced by Queer Eyes' Jonathan Van Ness, 
Kinworthy accepted this year's Point Leadership Award by remembering his own school years when he was closeted. Speaking of the LGBTQ students in the room, he noted how incredibly inspiring they are to him as they live their truths today unashamed and unapologetically. He told the crowd, I wish that I had the courage to be myself when I was in high school, but it took me many years to get to that point. The Olympic silver medalist also addressed the stress and anxiety queer adolescents face during those years, saying, We often face ridicule and we face torment. My time spent in the closet is a blur of depression and anxiety. Noting that he did experience high points during those times, let's face it, folks, he became a professional skier, he graduated from high school, he made his first Olympic team, and he scored his first Olympic medal. The 27-year-old candidly shared that I didn't really enjoy those moments to their fullest because I truly wasn't present for them. In keeping up a facade of straightness, he says he didn't really feel the gravity of winning an Olympic medal. And, echoing sentiments we heard from White House hopeful Mayor Pete Buttigieg this past week, Kinworthy admitted that he tried to wish away being gay, saying, I remember wishing more than anything that I was just straight. I would literally pray that I might wake up and not be gay anymore. I would be normal, and the rest of my life would be easy. I worked twice as hard at everything I did to make up for the fact that I was gay, something I thought was a shortcoming at the time. But coming out, something he used to fear, would be his salvation. Kenworthy explained that once he came out in 2015, he had his best ski season ever, and he hadn't changed a single thing about his training or approach to his sport, except, quote, I was finally competing as myself. It turns out that extra bit was his ticket to success. Kinworthy then listed many of the fearsome obstacles young LGBTQs face today, including violence and isolation. He became emotional in toning the dangers gays around the world contend with, like being stoned to death in countries like Brunei. And here in the United States, quote, We have a president who has made repeated attacks on our community, on our trans brothers, sisters, and gender non-binary siblings. But in the end... He expressed his confidence that the next generation of LGBTQ youth will create a bright future. Gus says it much better than I do. Let's take a listen to Gus Kenworthy's speech accepting this year's Point Leadership Award. I um, just want to say that I didn't know that I was going to be like crying all night long. <laughs> But all these speeches that we've heard so far were so touching. And Jonathan, I love you, babe. So thank you for that awesome video, too, whoever made that. Please do all my work. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for this award. I am I'm truly humbled to be receiving it. Three years ago, I was here at this very same type of event for Points Foundation, presenting the Point Legacy, or I'm sorry, the Point Legend Award to the one and only Greg Luganis. Yeah. I'm like holding this. I'm like, a piece for Gretchen Wieners. Um, <laughs> um, I remember then, as I am being reminded now, how incredibly inspiring the young people in this room are. It warms my heart to see you all living your truths unashamed and unapologetically. I wish that I had the courage 
to be myself when I was in high school. I wish that I had been comfortable enough in my own skin to acknowledge who I was and to share that person with the world. But it took me many years to get to that point. The adolescent years of a queer person's life are not easy. They involve a great deal of stress and anxiety. We often face ridicule and we fear torment. My time spent in the closet is a blur of depression and anxiety. While not everything was bad during those years, I turned professional in my sport. I graduated high school, made my first Olympic team, and won my first Olympic medal. Thanks. Um, I can honestly say that I didn't really enjoy those moments to their fullest because I truly wasn't present for them. The person on stage, oh, God, I always get emotional when I talk in public. Um, the person on stage in Russia bowing their head to have a medal put around their neck was me, sure, but it wasn't the real me. I remember just not even feeling the weight and the grati gratitude of, I can't talk, sorry. I, I remember not even being able to feel the gravity of that moment because I was so distracted trying to keep up a facade, trying to continue to make the world believe that I was someone that I just was not. I remember wishing more than anything else that I were just straight. I would literally pray that I might wake up and not be gay anymore and that I would be normal and the rest of my life would be easy. I worked twice as hard at everything that I did to make up for the fact that I was gay, something I thought was a shortcoming at the time. And while it instilled a great work ethic in me, it also drained me physically and emotionally. The ski season after I came out, although it wasn't an Olympic year, was my best season to date. I felt like I had the weight of the world taken off my shoulders. I was finally free from the shackles of my own mind. I felt liberated and confident heading into the first event of the season, the Dew Tour, and I won. And then I continued to win and podium every event for the rest of the season. I won X Games medals in all three disciplines that year, an accomplishment nobody ever had. I hadn't, train, I hadn't changed my training regimen, though. I hadn't taken a different approach to my runs. I hadn't done anything, except for the fact that I was finally competing as myself. I was no longer hiding a part of my life, putting it in a box, pushing it to the back of my mind to be dealt with after skiing, after competing, when I was certain I was alone. I was just being me. And that little extra bit of energy that I previously spent worrying, stressing, compartmentalizing, that extra little bit was my ticket to success. And so, if I can give the young people in this room any piece of advice, it would be to just continue being yourselves. There are so many LGBTQ students dropping out of school to escape violence, harassment, isolation. There are countries like Brunei where gays are being stoned to death in the streets. <laughs> Sorry. And, he and even here in the US, we have a president who has made repeated attacks on our community and our trans brothers, sisters, and gender non-binary siblings. We have a vice president who still believes in conversion therapy for fuck's sake. And for those reasons, I am so thankful for the Point Foundation for the grants that they are providing these young queer students. You young people are the future, and I have every bit of confidence that you're going to be creating a bright one. Yes. Thank you.
It's the wine. I had wine. <laughs> you all have my support, and you have an entire community behind you. So, continue spreading your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Because Shantae, you stay. Hollywood super producer and director Ryan Murphy of Poe's American Horror Story and Glee fame has announced he's bringing another queer story to the small screen. Murphy announced on his Instagram this week that he will turn the new Broadway musical The Prom into a Netflix movie event. He wrote, The Prom is one of the most uplifting, heartfelt, and special musicals I've ever seen on Broadway. It's truly an original that celebrates the underdog and says in a loving, spectacular way that LGBTQ rights are human rights. Citing a special connection to the piece due to the location of the musical, Indiana, which happens to be where Murphy hails from, he told his followers, I'm thrilled to announce I'm turning it into a movie event for Netflix. In adapting the material for TV, the six-time Emmy Award winner shared that the Broadway creative team including Tony Award-winning director-choreographer Casey Nicola, will come along for the ride, as well as the stage producers. The show, which follows the story of a high school student in a small Indiana town who's prohibited from bringing her girlfriend to the prom, opened at the Longacre Theater on Broadway last fall to rave reviews. Variety wrote, So full of happiness, you think your heart is about to burst. The Hollywood Reporter wrote, Comic Gold. And Deadline announced Broadway comedy Razzle Dazzle's Small Town Bigotry. You may recall the splash the show made when the cast performed the number Build a Prom on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this past November. Upbeat, lively, and full of energy, the musical number closes with the two female leading characters kissing. I'm pretty sure it's the first same-sex kiss to be televised on the long-running parade. And speaking of LGBTQ-themed entertainment, here's a list of what I'm watching this weekend. Ryan O'Connell's unconventional comedy series special on Netflix is based on his own experiences as a gay man with cerebral palsy, navigating sex and a career in TV. He not only stars in the series, but he also serves as writer and executive producer. Critics are loving the depiction of a physically challenged gay man through O'Connell's lens. In one episode, he's convinced by a friend to hire a sex worker in order to lose his virginity. But instead of this turning out as a tragic moment, the sequence actually moves from awkward to touching and eventually to a sweet kind of sexy resolution. O'Connell recently told NBC News that he's still in shock that the series happened. He said, it feels very surreal because I didn't think any of this could be possible. And I've been working in Hollywood for six years now. I know that even the best ideas, even the best shows, with the best talent attached, the odds of one actually getting shot and made and released is very medium rare. Special is now available on Netflix. Also, this weekend, independent film Savage Wild. Leo is 22 years old and sells his body on the street for cash. The men come and go, and he stays right there, longing for love. He doesn't know what the future will bring, and so he hits the road, his heart pounding. 
Felix Marito plays Leo, a French hustler who's a beguiling homo goulash of low self-esteem and empathy, who falls in love with gay for pay odd, who doles out tenderness, disgust, and violence in equal doses. The critics love the film. When the film hit the film festival circuit last year, Variety wrote a powerful portrait of a gay male prostitute in freefall. Savage Wild is now in limited release in theaters with new cities being added each week. And the Danish film Just Friends. The official synopsis reads, on the 10th anniversary of his dad's death, Joris still tries to come to terms with his father's absence when he meets the free-spirited Yad, who returns home to his family after living on his own. Although very different, there isn't an instant spark between the two, and they want to become more than just friends, but both have issues with their mothers that threaten to jeopardize their relationship. Cindy Lou Peoples at Frameline wrote about the romantic comedy, Refreshingly, the family conflict in this romantic comedy is not that Yoris and Yad are gay, but that they are defying family expectations in other ways, and must make a new set of choices about how to be themselves. Just Friends is now available for rent on iTunes and Amazon Prime. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.